Good morning, everybody. You are listening to X-Ray, and thanks for doing that. There has been more attention on vote-by-mail in the year 2020 than any time since vote-by-mail was even an idea. Senator Ron Wyden has been pushing for greater implementation of vote-by-mail around the country. Lots of politicians and advocates have recognized the ability of people to vote by mail would preserve their ability to not get sick. What's the origin of that thing? There's a bunch of people who claim to understand it. I think we ought to know. Today we welcome Tom Mason, former Oregon legislator and a sponsor of the original vote by mail bill. We're going to look back on Oregon's innovation, get into the roots of it as a way of understanding where we're at now. And then look forward to potentially, excuse me, a national vote by mail initiative. Tom Mason, good morning. Good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. First of all, give a little more background on your experience, the Oregon legislature, et cetera. How long did you serve? Give people sort of the story. Well, I served 16 years from uh, 1979 to uh, 93, I think it was. Um, I eventually uh, quit for health reasons. The voters got sick and tired of me. But... um, Anyway, <laughs> the, uh, that's another story. But you know, what you want is the story of vote by mail. Uh, it was started in 1981. I, I introduced the bill in 1981 for vote by mail, uh, allowing it in special elections, and that was the start of it. The idea came from uh, Multnomah County elections officials, Vicki Irwin and Bill Radakovich. Uh, Vicki was a friend of mine, and she had the idea of, of vote by mail. And so we introduced the bill. ICE was the chief sponsor of the bill. Uh, Peter Courtney, who was still there, also was a sponsor for it. It was an interesting experience, too, because we got some uh, opposition from uh, sometimes weird opposition. Uh, The the biggest opposition came from the Oregon Education Association, oddly enough, because they had been winning a lot of, uh, 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 you know, special elections uh, with a very, very low voter turnout. And they thought if they had a low, low voter turnout, they would uh, be losing these special elections. Well, uh, it, the bill was uh, it was kind of unique and attractive, and, and it, it passed. And uh, it, we also got some uh, opposition from some of the women's groups in the sense that they thought that, that uh, men would dominate their, their wives sitting at the kitchen table. I don't think that's happened at all. Uh, 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 I think that's proved not to be the case. But it, it was an idea that, that, that caught fire, and... It, it worked, and then pretty soon uh, uh, it, went, it went statewide with Phil Keasley, and uh, it, that, that was the kind of genesis of vote by mail. Well, let's stick back there a little bit. Say more about Vicki Irwin. How did you connect with Vicki Irwin? Say more about who she was and how you all got in touch in the first place. Uh, Vicki Irwin was number two in Multnomah County elections, a very capable woman, and we were, we were just personal friends. And we actually had several, uh, I was on the elections committee, and we had several uh, you know, innovative uh, ba- uh, bills back then. We had a thing, one other bill, we had a thing called the submarine ballot, in which you could send, a, a, literally for, for people that were in the Navy, you could send a very, very, very early ballot to them. Uh, it was designed for, designed for people that were literally in nuclear submarines. You could send an early ballot to them, and it would still be accepted. Uh, we also had a, a thing, that, a bill that that uh, allowed them not to have to count Mickey Mouse on write-in ballot, write-in uh, uh, write-in ballots when somebody would, would write Mickey Mouse in. It just saved a lot of time for them. 
about it. Dickey and I worked very closely on some innovative uh, elections uh, law that that time, and uh, that was one of my kind of uh, areas, especially when I was in the legislature, was was elections. The other area, especially, was criminal justice because I I chaired the the uh, judiciary committee for several years all year and uh, was very involved with, on, on that on that side. There's some other stories. So the submarine ballot, the submarine ballot was a precursor to vote by mail or another matter entirely? I don't know if it was a precursor or another matter. Um, we had a whole series of innovative bills. It gets, this was in, in the 80s, so it gets a little dim. But uh, there, were, there were things to make, to make elections easier and more convenient, and that was the whole idea of, of vote by mail. Let me say, uh, Sam, something about this national controversy that I, that I hear, and I, of course it's extremely ironic when I hear the national controversy. Uh, some of it is just utter nonsense. Uh, vote by mail has been very, very efficient. There's been hardly any, just no, really essentially no fraud at all. And it, it works. It works very, very well. And uh, Oregonians here are so so uh, used to it that, that uh, there's no question that we're going to continue with it. And it would actually be, should be extended nationally. Uh, so I, I think it's the opposition to it is, is purely political. Has the definitive history of the origin of vote by mail ever been written? You know, I do not think that is the case yet. Uh, there is a thesis there to be written, a PhD thesis there to be written. Uh, I don't think it would be a bestseller because it it might be quite technical, but it's, it's not been done yet. And you're saying the story would start with Vicki Irwin and maybe a conversation with you, what, over wine in the legislature? Oh, no. The, this would be uh, over a cup of coffee at, at the elections department. Uh, I used to stop by to get a precinct list and that type of thing. Uh, get no alcohol list. involved. No alcohol involved, no. no. Uh, Vicki is still around. She's, she's uh, re- remarried. She's named, but guy now goes by the name of Vicki Polk. She's retired and lives in Vancouver. Bill Radakovich, unfortunately, has passed on. And that first proposal, where did it institute the vote-by-mail system? You said it wasn't yet statewide. Where was it? Uh, this would be uh, the, the first bill allowed uh, vote-by-mail in, in, in local special elections, uh, and the, that was the start of it. That was, that was, that was the, the kind of camel's nose under the, under the, uh, the, the tent. And then I'm, I'm, I'm a little foggy on, on, on the, uh, uh, what, what the next step was because I left Oregon for about 20 years and moved, to, moved my law practice to California. And uh, I think Phil, Te- Phil Keesling was the one that took it statewide for statewide elections. Now, of course, it's for all elections, all Oregon elections. So the first, and you're saying, what session was it, 1981 session? 1981. 1981 uh, session, it starts, a sort of pilot project, it starts as something that's just in special elections. And then, right. and then later it gets picked up, I, and I remember, you know, my very first uh, my very first vote was the last, uh, the last election in Oregon that wasn't all vote by mail. So I still had to go and you know uh, stand in line and and vote in person for the very first time. I got to cast a uh, cast a ballot, uh, but it was right in the right in the transition in the nineties. That's correct. Let me say that that uh, you know you look back at I'm 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 retired now. You look back to your career. The only other thing I ever accomplished in the Oregon legislature was uh, was uh, brew pubs in 1985, which created a whole industry. So I'm still very proud of that one too. I wanted to ask you about brew pubs. There's actually an old article in the in the Willamette Week about, uh, uh, but not all that old. I think back in 2017 
I wanted I wanted to ask you about that. Let's hold on just just one second because I wanted to ask you about the opposition. You said the Oregon Education Association uh, was resistant to vote by mail initially. Explain that. Well, again, they, they were winning special elections, uh, uh, special uh, uh, levies uh, to support schools on very very low turnout, and uh, they would the, the PTAs and the uh, the people that supported the OEA would uh, get their voters out, and they were winning special elections. And they thought that, that if uh, with vote by mail, which would increase t- turnout tremendously, that they would start losing elections. I don't think that's been the case at all. I don't think that's been the case at all. And I and I, they, they, of course, do not oppose vote by mail now, as far as I know. I, I don't know why they would, but they would, they would, I would imagine they would support it vigorously now because it increases turnout, and increased turnout, you get increased Democratic turnout, and increased Democratic turnout, you usually get... Some bigger support for education. I don't want to get too political. But yeah. And the uh, interesting, the other piece of opposition that you encountered was, I think you said, but from feminist groups who were concerned that uh, husbands were going to dominate and have wield undue influence in their households with other votes cast, including their wives. There was a little bit of that, although uh, I, I find that quite ironic, uh, if anything. If anything, it, it might go the other way. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about an old married guy now. The idea of, of me dominating my wife, I, I, can, I can do nothing but laugh at that one. But anyway, I'm going to stay away from that. How did you overcome the opposition? What, what, what did it take to get the bill through the House, through the Senate, and signed by the governor? Well, it, it, the, the, the opposition was, 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 not, was not vehement. Uh, it was not, it was not on, on, although OEA opposed it, it was not a big deal for them. They weren't going to going to pull their support for your future election if you if you supported the bill and we there was a lot of explanation that that it was just something innovative and it's something that needed to be done and on, and on top of it uh to give credit also to vicky vicky uh, w- who lobbied for the elections the multiple county elections at that time was a very was a very very popular lobbyist down there so uh, i think her good she had a lot more goodwill than i did so it was just a matter of of of, of, of peeling off votes one by one and, and there's also a spirit in Oregon. This is something unique to Oregon, uh, that, that, that Oregon, Oregonians, and especially political Oregonians, like innovative things. They like to be the first of doing something, whether it be free beaches or, or bottle deposits. It's kind of the Tom McCall tradition. And if it's, if it's a first, the, the people, people kind of like that idea. That's one of those Oregon unique things. Let's talk about brew pubs. Tell us what how that how that came to be that's a, a fascinating story the brew pub started in the shower at the Multnomah athletic club uh where i was was showering and, and one of my clients i'm a lawyer uh a guy by the name of art lawrence came up to me i was completely covered with, with water and soaking wet said tom i have an idea there's a thing in colorado called brew pubs but why don't I, you want to introduce a bill so i dried off and we talked about it found out about it and four guys showed up in the, showed out there. It was, it was Art Widmer, the Whit, probably the Widmer brothers, Art Lawrence, uh, Dick Ponzi, and then uh, it, it was Art Lawrence, Dick, Dick Ponzi. I'm trying to remember the fourth. Oh, and McMiniman. The four, the four guys, they were actually five guys. This was the Widmer brothers. They showed up and we introduced the bill. And uh, it was everybody kind of thought it was a cute little bill. The beer distributors and the, the, the hated it. They did, the, the distributor, distributors did not want to give uh, the, the people have the ability to 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 brew brew, brew beer on premises and sell it on premises, 
it violates what they call the Tide House laws, which is a, a, a philosophy of, or, of, of alcohol, alcohol regulation in America, which said you, you can't have vertical integration. But anyway, uh, we got it passed. There was a limit on how many barrels you could do a year, uh, but everybody fell in love with it, and slowly but surely that limit has, has gone away, and now that we have a major brew pub industry here in, in Oregon. So Dick and Nancy Ponzi, those are, they're the founders of Bridgeport? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And then, of course, McMiniman went on to become the, the general motors of brew pubs in Oregon. And so the McMinimans and also Widmer Brothers, yeah, these ended up being major economic drivers and even cultural drivers in our state. That is great. Let me tell you one further story. At first, everybody thought that when you did a brew pub, you, you had to sell it on the premises. And the, the kind of the knowledge among those four guys was that if you tried to bottle it, you'd go bankrupt because there was a, you took a tremendous investment. And they, all four of those guys who were the founders didn't, want, didn't start bottling it. Well, a guy up in, in Hood River didn't get the memo, uh, a guy who started brewing full-sale ale, and pretty soon full-sale ale started to sell in, in grocery stores, and, and then the next thing was that these guys started selling their, their product in grocery stores. And now you, you go into an, an Oregon grocery store, and there, there are 200 different brews that you can choose from. And how did it get, uh, and what was in the bill? Like, why couldn't I just have just started a brew pub? What, would you ha- what did you have to do in the legislature to enable this to happen? Well, you could not, uh, you could start a brewery, but uh, before the brew pub bill, a brewery could not sell, sell a beer directly to uh, the public in, in, in a tavern. You, again, there, you couldn't have what we call vertical integration. The, the breweries had to be separated from, from distributors, and distributors had to be separated from uh, from retailers, you couldn't you couldn't have a combination of all three, uh, and and that's that's what what why the brew pub concept was unique. It allowed it allowed you to brew brew the the the, the, uh, the the beer right or the beer or ale right on the premises and to sell it on the premises. Then later they expanded expanded it and started selling it in stores. So interesting a little footnote here: if you go to the UK, uh, you'll 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 see things called a tide house. Uh, a tight house tavern or a pub that means that it's 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 directly owned by a brewery you don't have that in the united states except for brew pubs like budweiser can't own can't own taverns so coors got in the mix somehow as well as the beer distributors and some of that oh yes (laughs) okay i I, now you're really there there at at one time there was a, a vehement opposition to coors beer in 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 oregon and the opposition was on the part of the unions, because the Coors was was notoriously anti-union in Colorado, and uh, I think that that the the theoretical the stated opposition was that Coors wasn't pasteurized, and I, if I remember right, now that you're really, you're really bringing this back, that that maybe as part of the brew pub thing, there was a, a, a also an amendment to allow Coors into the state. This is ancient history, and to you allow like, and to allow you un- like your beer. Say again. You obviously like your beer and know about your beer. <laughs> well, I love the state. Yeah, it's part of our state. So, yeah, because Coors is unpasteurized, and the bill also then allowed unpasteurized beer. There was an extra piece in the bill to allow unpasteurized beer. And how did you get past the beer distributors? They just got outvoted. They didn't have that much influence. Do you remember who are the who are some of the allies and adversaries and trying to get that across the floor? Well, I, if I remember it right, it wasn't so much uh, that they had a lot of influence. 
It's just that, that people liked that, the bill. It was, it, it was Vera Katz called it a cute little bill. You know, it was just a, a cute little bill. You know? And so, uh, and, and people, you know, uh, you know allowed a, a, a cute little bill. So uh, that's what, what happened. And this is when Vera Katz was Speaker of the House. Uh, I, yes, I think Vera was Speaker at that time. Well, Tom, Vera's gone, of course. Vera was mayor and she's passed on. Well, Tom Mason, thank you so much for spending the time and taking us back in the day about the origins of two of the ways we define our state. One of them is that we get a vote by mail, and the other is we got brew pubs. We've got brew pubs. Tom. I'll tell you one, one final thing, Jeff. You know, I'll go into a brew pub today, and, and inevitably, uh, my wife hates this, I'll tell this story of how I started the whole industry. And the reaction of the bartender is always the same. Thank you, Mr. Mason, but you still got to pay for your beer. <laughs> Well, thank you, Mr. Mason, and thanks for being an X-ray. And yeah, you still got to pay for your beer. Have a good day. You too.